Welcome to the Real Talk with Dana podcast. I'm your host, Dana Monsi's licensed dietitian, nutritionist, and body image coach. On this show, you'll learn how to listen to and trust your body instead of trying to control it. We'll dig into the healing power of nutrition from a non-diet, weight-inclusive, health-at-every-size approach. My guests and I will guide you through how to heal from digestive issues and hormonal imbalances, all while making peace with food and your body without obsession or restriction. Hey there, internet, and welcome back to another episode of the Real Talk with Dana podcast. Today's episode, we are diving deeper into stress and inflammation and talking about a root cause approach to hair loss and hormone health with Britt Reuter. So Britt is a licensed dietitian, nutritionist, and certified nutrition specialist who uses a whole body nutritional and functional medicine approach to help women experiencing hair loss. It's Britt's personal experience with chronic inflammation coupled with her formal training in functional medicine that empowers her to help women over overcome the symptoms that they feel stuck with. So the reason I wanted to talk about this on today's episode as a part of stress month, as we're calling it, and the nervous system and everything is when we have figured out, or even before we have figured out that the nervous system being out of balance or having adrenal fatigue or, you know, any of these chronic stress manifestations we learn that one of the most common ways it shows up is in hormonal imbalances and specifically in hair loss as well. So today we're going to be talking about the trifecta of stress, inflammation, and hair loss, and a little bit more gut stuff too. And last thing before we get started today, just wanted to give a quick thank you and shout out to BetterHelp, which is again today's sponsor. So you guys, the listeners, can get 10% off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com Dana. I do want to get started officially going into it, right? So one, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you. And two, I would love if you could tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, introduce yourself, and tell us a little bit more about how you came to specialize in working with women on hair loss specifically. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Dana. So um, how I started uh, working with women experiencing hair loss is I started noticing a trend with the female clients that I was working with. They would come to me for support and guidance on a lot of different issues. Uh, quite a number of them shared a common concern, though. They were um, you know, relatively young women, a lot of them experiencing abnormal and unexplained hair loss. Uh, they'd be brushing their hair uh, and the hairbrush would be full of hair. They were finding tons of hair being left behind in the shower drain. A lot of them were saying that they didn't even want to shower because it was giving them so much anxiety about seeing just all of that hair in the tub. Um, and some had even you know, gotten to a point where they had to resort to wearing wigs or toppers because their hair loss had become so noticeable. And so listening to these women, honestly, it really just moved me. I just felt so compelled to try to help them. Um, You know, they were telling me how they were having a hard time coping with their hair loss emotionally and how much shame they felt, how betrayed they felt by their bodies. Um, And honestly, I heard a lot of my own story in what they were saying to me. Uh, Just like these women who were telling me that they were doing everything right, you know, all of the quote unquote healthy diets, the supplements, scalp treatments, sleep, meditation, gym time, all that stuff. Um, And yet their hair was still falling out in clumps and just like how crummy that made them feel and confused. Um, That's exactly where I had been at certain points in my own health journey. Um, I have a long history of autoimmune thyroid disease and I've been, you know, at several times in that journey 
literally at my wits end because I felt like I was doing everything right. And I still wasn't getting the results that I wanted. I was still really struggling with my wellness. So it was after seeing several of these clients coming to me, struggling with this terrible symptom of hair loss that I began pouring over the research. That's what I love to do is just do these super deep dives to try to understand it better so that, you know, hopefully my hope was that I could come back to them like with a, you know, some sort of resource or solution, like, oh, here it is. I found it. You can just do this. And you know, I had foolishly thought that all this research would maybe materialize into a single blog post. Like, that's great. I'll just do all this research on women's hair loss and I'll type it up in a little blog. But fast forward to where I am today. And, you know, I'll tell anyone who will listen, uh, hair loss in women is really complex. And the root causes of that hair loss are often multifactorial, multifaceted, um, you know, and it's important that we do dig into those root causes, but it takes a lot of time uh, and patience, a lot of dedication what was most shocking to me when I was doing this research um, and, you know, putting all these resources together was that it seemed like no one else, um, you know, on the internet was talking about the underlying issues um, that I saw as contributing to hair loss in women. It was very hyper-focused on the symptom itself, looking at it as a topical issue that required a topical solution versus thinking about, you know, some of those internal uh, sources of imbalance and inflammation. So uh, when I saw that literally had no, that no one had gone there, really, I knew that it would be the right thing to do to, you know, really put all my time and energy uh, into researching that more and, and uh, developing solutions that would really uh, help these women address those, those root causes. Well, thanks for sharing that. And it's honestly, it's so important. And, you know, anytime that we're talking about like functional medicine or symptom management, or especially something like autoimmune disease, I always like to talk about going to the root cause, right? And it's so funny because when we think of something like hair loss, or if you're having like itchy scalp or, you know, like dermatitis or anything like that, the most common thing you'll see, especially if you Google it, it's like 10 things to do for dermatitis or itchy scalp or, you know, like whatever it is. And it's, you're right. It's all topical, right? It's addressing the surface level symptoms, but it's not addressing like, okay, well, why? are we having this symptom in the first place? And we need to figure that out so that we can actually go to the root cause and figure out how to solve that like a puzzle piece rather than just, oh, just put a topical cream on it or use an anti-dandruff shampoo. That'll fix it all. Well, and a lot of the women that I've you know spoken with on my social media accounts or clients that I've worked with, they, you know, have, it has occurred to them to ask why, um, but then the people that they've, you know, worked with that are there to help answer that question will say something, you know, really dismissive, like it's genetic, it's bad luck, um, which really, you know, is so disempowering and dismissive because it's like, oh, great. So there's nothing I can do about it. And, you know, really, that's not a root cause. Root causes are not bad genes or bad luck. Uh, you know, we can go so much deeper than that and find actionable things that we can do in order to help improve, you know, our general sense of yeah. wellness. So can you talk a little bit more about the surface level symptoms slash quote unquote treatments that people might use versus like what can be some of the main root cause issues that you see? Yeah, well, I'll give you a couple examples. So it's interesting because a lot of people will get a little bit deep, but they won't go quite deep enough. I like to tell people that you have to ask why, maybe even like five times, just keep digging deeper and deeper. You know, once you think that you've gotten to the root cause, 
think about what the root cause of the root cause is, that's going to really be a, an important guiding, um, you know, principle for people as they're trying to walk through this. So for example, a lot of people who are experiencing hair loss will think to have their thyroid tested. They might even find out that they have hypothyroid. Um, low thyroid function can definitely result in hair loss, but they'll stop and think that that's my root cause. But you need to start thinking about what the root cause of uh, hypothyroid is. Our body is so intelligent and it's good at adapting to inflammation in order to protect us. Its primary objective being to keep us alive. And so we know that underlying sources, hidden inflammation, can drive uh, underactive thyroid, hypothyroid, and then manifest as the symptom of hair loss. So, you know, digging deeper into that, and there's a ton of different, you know, uh, root causes of inflammation that can contribute to uh, low thyroid function. Another thing that a lot of women think to test uh, when it comes to experiencing hair loss is their iron status. And they might say like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm low iron. That must be why I'm experiencing hair loss. But my follow-up question is, what's the root cause of your low iron? It's not enough to just take an iron supplement. Um, you know, you really want to dig into what is leading to that symptom. You know, low iron itself can be a symptom. Hypothyroid itself can be a symptom. So you're kind of getting layers and layers of symptoms on that. Uh, another example of that is PCOS. Um, a lot of women who have PCOS um, believe that that's their root cause of hair loss. But PCOS in and of itself is just another symptom of chronic inflammation. And so going a lot deeper. Um, a couple specific examples of root causes and root causes are not one-to-one. -one. It's not like this is the only root cause of PCOS or this is the only root cause of hair loss. Really, it's just any of these uh, different factors that could generate enough inflammation to throw the body into a state of dis-ease. So an example of uh, a root cause of inflammation could be, you know, even something like circadian rhythm disruption. So that means, you know, lack of sleep, lack of uh, high quality sleep. Um, it could be exposure to toxins that could be, you know, environmental toxins like air or the water that we drink or bathe in. It could be through our personal care products. Um, it could be, you know, uh, poor diet. Uh, it could be uh, a hidden infection. For example, uh, people that have a history of mono and, and Epstein-Barr virus is a chronic virus. Um, you know, so there's a lot of different root causes like this that will vary from individual to individual, just depending on your unique, um, you know, your uh, unique biology and also your unique health history. So not genes and bad luck. <laughs> no, not genes and bad luck. You know, I, I heard it said once that uh, genes are uh, predisposition. They're not predestination. Uh, what's in your genes is not written in stone. Like for example, um, I'll use my thyroid, um, my, my history of uh, autoimmune thyroid as an example that, you know, very much runs in my family. Uh, so you could say that there's a genetic component there, but really it's just where um, my family's uh, symptoms of chronic inflammation manifest. If uh, I had the same uh, root cause of inflammation, and a little bit different uh, genetic predisposition, it could have manifested as say psoriasis or IBD. That's really what the genetic piece uh, says is where will, how will this inflammation sort of burst through? Where will, will, where will we see it show up? Yeah, so speaking of inflammation and the listeners will know by this point 
Um, this month's theme is all about stress and burnout and the nervous system. So can you talk a little bit more about stress and inflammation in the context of hair loss? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the most important thing um, to start with is just a little bit of information about hair growth. Uh, so our hair actually grows in phases. There's three phases, the antigen, um, which is rapid growth phase, catagen, um, which is sort of like when the growing phase begins to slow, and then telogen, which is uh, our hair uh, follicles rest phase. And that's what would lead to um, lack of growth and shedding. So it's totally normal to have all three of those growth phases, how much time we spend in that antigen, that growth phase versus that telogen or rest phase is going to determine how quickly we're shedding hair, how thick our hair is. And so there's a lot of different factors that can uh, play with how long it is that our hair follicles in that growth phase versus the rest phase. Um, and stress is one of those. So when we're experiencing chronic stress, it can put our hair into that telogen or rest phase um, too early. And so that can lead to increased shedding and then thinning hair. So I think when we're talking about stress, uh, I noticed that a lot of people will uh, hyperfixate on like emotional psychological stress. And that is important. Like, obviously, we need to be concerned about our mental health. Um, there's a lot of um, opportunity for us to be in a state of not great mental health. Uh, Especially for sure. over the past year. <laughs> Just saying, um, yeah, nobody would fault you for that. Um, and that's something, you know, that I myself have, you know, struggled with a lot and have to be mindful of because I have a history of trauma. So, you know, just always making sure to invest my, um, you know, time, energy, attention into, um, you know, improving and maintaining emotional, psychological, mental health. But that is only um, one type of stress um, on our bodies. When we talk about stress, we need to also talk about um, how well we manage our blood sugar. Um, it's not something that only people with um, prediabetes or diabetes need to be concerned with. We all need to be concerned with um, the impact that our diet and lifestyle can have on how well our blood sugar is maintained. Um, because the you know fancy scientific uh, words for it is glycemic dysregulation that can generate a lot of inflammation and stress on our body. So being mindful of that, uh, number three, we talked a little bit earlier about sleep um, and that circadian rhythm dysregulation, not getting enough sleep, you know, which is roughly eight hours, not getting a lot of high quality sleep. So if you're not sleeping all the way through the night, um, if you're having trouble falling asleep, if you're not waking up feeling rested, maybe you're seeing, a, you know, exposing yourself to a lot of blue light um, at night, right before bed, looking at your phone, scrolling, you know, your news app, not, not saying that I've ever been guilty of that, obviously, um, but that, that could be another source of, of stress as well. Um, and then fourth, so that, you know, we have the emotional, psychological, uh, the blood sugar balance, the you know sleep quality with the circadian rhythm. Number four is inflammation. That can be a significant source of stress on our body. And when I say inflammation, I mean coming from things like hidden infections. You know, we talked about um, Epstein Barr. You know, as being a pretty common one. Um, could be gut dysbiosis. You know, a lot of times we'll do uh, functional stool tests with clients, and we'll see a lot of hidden infections in the gut, maybe H. pylori or streptococcus or staphylococcus. Um, and that's generating a lot of inflammation which your body receives as stress. 
Um, it could also be toxins. You know, we talked about some of those sources of toxins, but maybe even something like a mold toxin. A lot of people have been unknowingly living in a moldy um, environment and exposed to toxins in their homes. So all four of those things are really categories of stress that we need to be mindful of because all of them will impact um, how our hair grows at the rate it's shedding and, and, and all that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, little, um, I don't even know what I want to call this here, like permission slip to be stressed. Like obviously living in the current age, you're going to be more stressed than you usually are. And I've talked to a lot of clients in my clinical practice and patients in the doctor's office that I work for, where women are seeing a lot more thyroid issues, a lot more histamine intolerance we're seeing. We're seeing a lot more hair loss over the past year because on top of the you know physical stressors that you may have, health imbalances, health challenges, plus family and money demands and business and all of these things. Now we also have all of the social unrest and also a global pandemic and all of so all of the other crazy crap that's happened in the past year. So like of course you're more stressed than you normally are. But then I find people tend to get in this cycle, and I'm sure you see this too, and you kind of mentioned it already with a lot of the first clients that you were having and seeing these um, patterns, is like the more stressed you are, the more inflammation you have, the more your hair starts to fall out, but then the more stressed you get because your hair is falling out, and then you're more stressed and you have more inflammation, and then your hair is falling out even more. So how can you help people like manage that? <laughs> I, I totally understand uh, that experience because I would say that stress is a huge uh, factor in my own autoimmune disease. And uh, there is nothing more stressful than being told that you need to relax because it's hurting your health. You know, it's like, well, thanks. I actually feel less relaxed than I have ever felt. Um, and as a recovering perfectionist, you know, somewhat type A individual, you know, it really just can feel like another thing on the to-do list, right? You know, you're like, great, I was already overwhelmed. I'm already overcommitted. Um, and now I have another thing to do, you know, with just to find 10 minutes to meditate every day, because if I don't, like my uh, immune system is going to destroy my thyroid. Great. So, I mean, it's, it is really tough. So I can totally empathize. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of women that are going through this. I would say that, you know, something that was really helpful for me um, is considering these other four, you know, th that we have these four areas of stress other than the emotional psychological piece. If the emotional psychological stress is going to be the toughest for you to um, tackle, then focus on the other ones. You can make progress on, you know, eating, uh, you know, three meals a day with healthy fats and proteins at each of those meals in order to, you know, promote good blood sugar control, for example, or focus on getting more rest um, to, you know, support your circadian rhythm or work with a, you know, functional medicine provider to address some of your hidden infections. And that can help really uh, turn down the heat on that inflammation, on that stress, all without even, you know, having to uh, tackle, you know, all your, you know, maybe propensity to overcommit. You know, like I have. Um, but another thing that's really helped me with the emotional psychological piece, and, and I feel like this, I see this all the time, you know, with uh, other women that I talk to or clients that I work with, um, you know, finding resources, someone that can uh, help you uh, exercise healthy boundaries, learning how to say no to people, um, learning how not to automatically volunteer uh, for more things. Um, and how to let go of that idea of perfectionism um, has been 
really huge for me. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not dogging on, you know, a yoga practice or aromatherapy or meditation um, to help with that emotional psychological piece. But in a way, you know, for me and a lot of the women I talk to, it kind of feels like you're in a sinking boat and you're like frantically like bailing out, you know, the water with like a little bucket. It's like, maybe we try to stop the leak in the boat by stopping taking on more of these responsibilities or putting unattainable um, uh, expectations on ourselves. Um, and, you know, I think like a coach or a licensed mental health, you know, provider are great resources for that, you know, definitely resources that, that I've used to. Um, but yeah, I think for me, that was a major turning point. Yeah. I love that analogy too. And, you know, speaking of perfectionism, like if you are currently a perfectionist, if you have perfectionist or all or nothing tendencies, right, that can just be adding another source of stress to your bucket. So keeping in mind that like, and I talk about this all the time on the podcast, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? Health doesn't have to be all or nothing. Solving the root cause of your chronic symptoms or illness or whatever doesn't also have to be all or nothing no matter what you hear in the sometimes orthorexic food is medicine community, right? You don't have to do a perfect blood sugar balancing diet and do all of these scalp massage things and like also get all of this testing done because that can also be very expensive and another source of stress, right? Taking things just one at a time and seeing and experimenting like definitely most likely, right? If you're looking at the financial, um, you know, priorities here, working with someone so you're not trying to figure all this out on your own because trying to figure out your health on your own can also be a massive source of stress because you're kind of just like shooting blanks in the dark and you don't know where to go, right? Go to an expert, go to someone like Brit, go to a functional medicine practitioner, you know, something like that who can help you figure out what's going on. And then they can at least point you in the right direction and say, hey, these are the things that you should probably focus on. And then you can figure out step-by-step step what you can add into your life rather than, all right, January 1st, which thankfully has already passed, right? We're going to do all of these things. And it, like you said, it then becomes a like productivity, self-care slash health to-do list, which then you add an additional stress onto yourself if you don't check off every single box every day. You're like, oh. There goes, you know, my autoimmune disease is going to flare because I didn't meditate today. Or, you know, like my whole head of hair is going to fall out because I didn't balance my blood sugar today or, you know, whatever. All right. So today we've been talking about stress and hair loss and specifically how emotional and psychological stress is not something that you can manage on your own. And it can be one of the root causes of hair loss and hormonal imbalances. So as you may have heard, one of Britt's recommendations today is to see a licensed professional who you can talk through your stress or trauma with, which means this is the perfect opportunity to take a little bit of a break to talk about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online therapy platform that is 100% privacy protected, affordable, and provides professional counseling service from thousands of licensed, accredited, and board-certified therapists. To get started, you fill out an intake questionnaire online, and they match you up with your own therapist in under 48 hours, which is pretty legit, because considering if you're trying to find an in-person therapist, it can take weeks or even months to get an appointment with someone. With BetterHelp, you can see your therapist over a privacy-protected video platform, the phone, or even just a messaging feature if you don't want to be on camera. 
Their mission is to provide everyone with easy, affordable, and private access to professional counseling anytime, anywhere. And the best part for you guys is Real Talk with Dana listeners can get 10% off your first month of therapy at betterhelp.com slash Dana. So it'll be betterhelp.com slash D-A-N-A. Well, I think there's a saying that says that perfectionism is the enemy of progress. Um, so just to, yeah, echo exactly what you're saying, where, you know, just making, um, you know, any little bit of progress on any of those four areas, that really matters. I mean, everybody's starting at a different place in their health and has a different capacity to take on these issues. And so making sure that, you know, you're not overwhelming yourself by, you know, really just dumping it, jumping into the deep end of the pool and, and, and you know, trying to take on more than, than you can tackle all at once, being realistic about that and really just giving yourself permission to show up imperfect, uh, imperfectly because, um, you know, that is how you inch by inch, you know, make progress towards your wellness goals. Um, my spouse is actually a consultant and uh, he likes to tell me a tool that he uses in consulting. It's a impact versus effort. And that can be actually a really good way for you to decide where to start. What you really want to do is choose something that's going to be high impact. So it's going to have a really positive impact on your health, but that costs you a a relatively low effort. So something that you have a lot of say like psychological or emotional resistance to, um, you know, is going to be a lot harder for you to do than something that you'd find really easy. Um, For example, maybe some people feel really resistant to the idea of going to bed by 10 o'clock at night. Maybe that is like the last thing that they want to try to rein in on. But uh, making regular appointments with a coach or a licensed mental health care provider, they have very low resistance to, and those things both have, you know, an equally positive impact on, on your health, have that equal um, yeah, impact. So that can be a good way to kind of, if you're maybe more of a, uh, you like to approach things in sort of a uh, systematic way, that could be a good way to try to think about it. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for that. So another bucket that you kind of alluded to before, and we only talked about a little bit, but I want to go into it more is gut issues. So talk a little bit more about how the different types of gut issues can be related to scalp problems and hair loss. Yeah, that's such a good question. So, um, the gut is so like related in so many different ways to our hair health. Um, so let me try to, let me try to say all the different ways. So number one, uh, thing that comes to mind is 70% plus of our immune system is in our guts. Um, so that means that it's going to be a major player in inflammation. Um, so women that are experiencing alopecia areata, you know, or other autoimmune hair loss, um, when our immune balance is lost, we need to go and see what's going on in the gut because that's where the majority of our immune system is. So it can, that can be, you know, one really significant way there. Um, another way is that, you know, that's where we digest and absorb nutrients that we need in order to grow and maintain beautiful hair. Not only the, you know, micronutrients that, uh, our cells need in order to produce energy to, you know, sprout and and maintain hair growth, but also like macronutrients, for example, like protein. I mean, our hair is made up of protein, the protein keratin. We get the uh, proteins that we need to grow hair from our diet. 
if we are, have a lot of gut inflammation going on because we have dysbiosis or other issues like that, then, you know, even if we're eating a, a great healthy diet um, with all of the nutrients that we need, um, we're still not going to be able to digest it and absorb those nutrients. And so it's, it's really, you know, that's so important to uh, zero in on that. So I, yeah, I'd say that those are, you know, some of the major ways um, it's, like I have never seen a client do a stool test uh, who's experiencing hair loss, who hasn't come back with at, you know, at least a couple of areas that they need to improve on. Um, you know, some people are really blown away by just how much, um, you know, hidden inflammation is going on there, how much uh, dysbiosis they're experiencing or how poorly it is that they're digesting proteins or fats, for example. Um, and the only way that you would know what's going on in your gut is to do a functional stool test. Like, for example, the GI map is one that I typically use. GI effects is another good one, though. Um, you know, a lot of people with gut issues, they might not have any gut symptoms. Uh, so that's, uh, that's really important to understand that just because you seem like you, you know, got it all together in the gut department, you, you may not actually. So you had asked about uh, scalp itch, though. So it, it relates to scalp itch a couple different ways. Um, first of all, our gut microbiome can uh, generate a lot of histamine, uh, which we know can cause, uh, a, you know, really like itchy sensation. It can also keep our body from clearing histamine uh, because it's something that gets, it, it, histamine is very, very natural. It's not that our body doesn't need it. It's just that we don't want to have too much of it and then not be able to get rid of it. And the gut is like the major player in that space. So if you're experiencing a lot of itchy, rashy, you know, type things or scalp itch, um, that would be definitely something, you know, to go look for there. Also, um, scalp itch, it might have something to do with your um, skin's microbiome. Each, like, we have so many microbiomes all over our body, right? It's like we have our gut microbiome, our oral microbiome. Um, you know, women, we have our vaginal microbiome. We have an ocular microbiome in our eyes, and our skin has a microbiome too. But our gut is its is our major microbiome. It really has a lot of influence on all those other, like, more minor, um, you know, microbiomes. And so if, if our, we're experiencing scalp itch, it could be that the microbiome of our scalp is thrown off. And that means that we also have to look at the, at the big gut microbiome too. So basically if you're having any issues, look to the gut. <laughs> that's, that's hair loss thing. Number one, like, to be honest. And, and like I said, it's like, you can kind of go a little too micro and say like, but I have hypothyroid, but I have PCOS or like these other hormone, you know, issues. But um, really, it seems like all roads do lead back to the gut. There could be other things going on in addition to the gut, but um, you know, it, it seems like if you're experiencing hair loss, that that would be a good first place to look. Yeah, I mean, almost every single person that I work with, and mine is kind of like the trifecta. Of, I work with people with like adrenal issues, hormonal imbalances, and gut dysbiosis, gut issues, right? And it's like, even if you're not presenting with the traditional gut symptoms of like diarrhea, constipation, bloating, flatulence, you know, those kind of four things, the thyroid symptoms that you're having, the adrenal symptoms that you're having, like hormones are converted in the gut, vitamins are absorbed in the gut, that if that's not happening, it could be creating nutrient deficiencies that's creating your hormonal imbalances, plus all of the stress, which is why I wanted to focus on that this month. Um, so I do want to talk a little bit more about hormonal issues. Um, this is a little bit less related to the gut, but then I'm going to come back to it. So 
you posted about this the other day, which this will be outdated by the time this episode comes out in a couple of weeks, but you were talking about androgen rebound on your Instagram. So can you tell the listeners a little bit more about what that means? Yeah. So uh, I talk about androgen rebound specifically uh, as it relates to women who are experiencing hair loss after getting off of hormonal birth control. Um, Hormonal birth control uses a really potent androgen um, called progestin, um, which, you know, is meant to make sure that we don't get pregnant. So it does its job well, you know, but really uh, our normal hormone balance gets altered. Uh, when we're on birth control and then we quit birth control and our hormones are left in a state of disarray. And then this sets the stage for uh, increased hair harming androgens. So um, androgens, I'll just define them really quickly, are masculinizing hormones that women do need, but just in lesser amounts than men. So that would be hormones like testosterone or DHT, um, which a lot of people who you know experience hormonal hair loss have probably heard of, or um, even like DHEA or DHEAS. So um, you know, androgen rebound is really the symptoms of high androgens that uh, women can experience after coming off of hormonal birth control. And that can explain, uh, help explain why so many women notice this increased hair loss after they get off like the pill or patch or IUD, um, like a hormonal IUD like Mirena, for example. So, um, you know, it's really just the, the shifts in hormone, kind of the, the shreds that are that our natural hormone balance is left in after we discontinue hormonal birth control. The, uh, the goal is to really help to support our body to bring it back into normal hormone balance um, after using hormonal birth control for a long time. Um, I was on hormonal birth control for 10 years uh, almost. And I know that it really did a number on my gut. I had significant nutrient deficiencies. Um, it took a long time, you know, uh, one to two years for me to really get back into a normal cycle. So, you know, looking at, for example, what we can do to help increase how well our body detoxifies estrogen, which we'll see a lot of women have high levels of estrogen after coming off the pill, or uh, help women to rebuild their levels of progesterone, which is really hair protective, um, by uh, helping their bodies resume ovulation. Uh, that ties into stress as well, because we're really high stress that can actually block ovulation, you know, just as a um, adaptive mechanism, right? Because our body's like, wow, like, Brit seems really stressed out. I think now's a bad time for her to have a baby. So I'm just going to like slow all this down. So, you know, our body, we might think sometimes that it's working against us or trying to sabotage us, but, um, you know, it's really very intelligent and, you know, it's always trying to protect our, our best interests. Right. Here's a key takeaway for this episode, not super related to hair health, but kind of, right? Women of menstruating age, if you normally have whatever your cycle normally looks like, if it is significantly different than usual, whether it's super late, it's super early, your symptoms are much different, your bleeding is much different, there's probably something going on, right? Like it's a very good indicator that males don't have, but they also don't have a cycle. So like they can shove it, right? So this is a really good indicator that we have that something is off if things aren't functioning normally for you. And like normal, quote unquote, looks completely different for everyone. Yeah. And, you know, tying back into the uh, stress theme that we're going for here, I'd say that, you know, my approach with uh, hormones and, um, you know, bringing them back into balance is to really focus on the hormones, cortisol and insulin. Those are major players in how well 
our sex hormones are balanced. So rather than getting super micro and saying like, oh no, my progesterone is a little too low or my estrogen is a little too high, you know, kind of pulling back and saying like, what can we do to optimize your stress, which is cortisol, uh, you know, as a stress hormone, um, because that is going to be, you know, a really key way um, in order for us to bring those sex hormones, steroid hormones back into balance. Um, the gut plays a major role in that too, because, you know, our gut and our liver are our two major detoxification organs. Um, our uh, gut is going to carry away, you know, through a bowel movement, hopefully regular bowel movement, um, those spent hormones like estrogen. Um, a, a lot of people I'm surprised don't really understand uh, what constipation, you know, what constitutes constipation. Uh, less than, you know, you should be having one to three bowel movements a day. So if you're having less than that, you are constipated. And you'll likely, you know, that'll be likely impacting your hormones, potentially leading to estrogen dominance. Um, and so, you know, it sort of, it ties all, all back in together. You know, we kind of see that everything's interrelated here. So, um, you know, everything seems to kind of, kind of repeat. We're like, oh, wait, now we're talking about the gut again. Now we're talking about stress again. So. And this is why it's important to look at things from a system-wide holistic approach rather than just like, oh, you've got some hair loss or you've got some dandruff or whatever, just use a zinc shampoo. It'll fix everything because it most likely won't. <laughs> right. Well, that's so interesting because the zinc shampoo, it's uh, an antifungal. And so that kind of ties into what I was touching on a little bit with the scalp microbiome. Um, if we have high levels of uh, androgens, it can increase how oily our skin is, how oily our hair is because it increases the release of something called sebum. And that throws off our scalp microbiome and create a lot of inflammation on our scalp. And that's where you'll start to see yeast overgrowth because it feeds on that sebum. And then you're getting the flakiness and the itchiness. And then you're scratching your head so much that you're causing hair loss because you're damaging those follicles and on and on. So it's absolutely all interrelated. <laughs> super, super interesting. I love all of this. Well, I don't love that it's a thing that you had to specialize in, but I love the research and the science behind it. So Say we have somebody who's listening to the podcast who thinks that they might be dealing with a lot of the things that we've talked about today. What are some practical tips that you would either recommend that they go seek out, for example, like a practitioner or testing or like some things that they could do at home, either like, you know, today or like within a couple of days to just kind of like assess where things are? So, you know, it, it, because hair loss is so, is such a severe symptom and it impacts women just like mentally, emotionally, it's extremely hard to cope with. You know, I definitely do not want to downplay that at all. It's emotionally quite devastating. It can make us um, think that we need a really dramatic solution. But I like to encourage women, uh, especially ones that are just starting on this journey, you know, trying to figure some things out on their own, to just return to some of the basics, you know, making sure that you are moving your body every day, as in like standing more, walking more, that sort of thing. You don't want to resort to overtraining that can be, you know, a significant source of stress on the body. Um, but, you know, moving your body, sleeping, staying hydrated, you know, eating enough um, and reducing your toxic exposure, you know, uh, uh, accounting, uh, adjusting for, you know, your stress and everything, trying to, to rein that in more. So really just thinking about like, what are those daily habits that you have? Is there anywhere that you can show your body more care, um, where you can just, um, you know, take a little bit better care of yourself. Um, you know, I think is really important. It might not seem 
like that would make an impact on something as severe as hair loss. But those little habits, they do really add up and they, you know, can definitely impact how um, well our hair grows or how quickly it shuts. So I think that, you know, just kind of returning to the basics in a way sounds kind of boring. It's not a very like sexy solution, but, um, you know, I think that it's really important not to gloss over that. If you're looking for a practitioner to work with, definitely looking for someone who's trained in functional medicine, who is going to be able to help you uh, guide you to some of those root causes, you know, hopefully somebody who not only has access to those functional medicine tests, but are really good at interpreting them. Um, I definitely, you know, worked with some clinicians before I uh, ultimately, you know, got the advanced degrees that I did and ended up here where, you know, they're like, oh yeah, I can help you with those stool tests. And then they have no idea what they are when they look at them. So, you know, just doing your due diligence and, and trying to, you know, find someone who's really skilled and is going to be able to pull out some of those root causes and give you some really clear direction on what you can do uh, to help improve your health. I think that's, those are the two main things. Awesome. Okay. Unrelated question. Um, I like to end on something different. So over the past year, we've all been much more at home than normal. So what is something that you enjoyed doing at home over the past year? It could be like TV show, movie, book series, games, anything like that. Yes, that's actually a really great question because I, I think it's not even that unrelated. I think that making time for fun, for play, for pleasure um, is a really important way to help combat stress. So I'll give you a couple things that I've done actually. So number one, um, I, start, I started thinking back to what I enjoyed doing as a kid, because that's actually really rejuvenative for me. It's just like doing things that I used to like, you know, when I was 12 or younger. And so um, I've actually started watching every now once in a while cartoon shows and eating like some cold cereal on a Saturday morning. And it's great. It's so much fun. It's so silly. There's no point to it. Like it's not like personal, you know, improvement or, you know, anything like that. Um, so that's been fun actually uh, just giving myself permission to, to cut loose. And then um, I've taken up uh, arts and crafts again, which I really liked to do as a kid. So like cross-stitching, for example, is something I like to do. And then, um, yeah, other than that, like just, uh, I mean, honestly, my, my evenings, I, I probably watch a few too many TV shows, but, um, you know, Chits Creek, The Crown, uh, those are going to be my like top two favorites this year. Love it. Well, thank you for sharing. And thank you so much for coming on. So Please tell people, Britt, all of the places where they can find you, if they want to work with you, they want to find you on Instagram, get all your freebies, plug all the things. Yeah. So um, you can find me on my website. That's uh, BrittRooter.com. Um, and on there, I have a freebie uh, where women can learn their hair loss types. So I've identified four hair loss types, um, you know, in functional medicine, stress, nutritional, hormonal, and inflammatory. So you can definitely check that out. Um, you can also find me on Instagram. That's the social media platform where I'm most active. My handle is at Nutrition Brit. Hey there. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk with Dana podcast with me, your host, Dana, obviously. And I just wanted to say you're the best. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your family and friends. Maybe send a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Why would you do that, you ask? Because this helps more people find the show so that we can spread the food and body peace word, break down diet culture, and the unrealistic beauty standards that make us all feel like we need to shrink ourselves with food and exercise in order to be worthy in the world, which sucks. 
for discussion on the show episodes. If you want to request a guest or ask a question, if you'd like some support, please join the non-diet community on Facebook, which is a free group where you can go get some community and support. I'll see you over there and see you next week.